Hello and welcome back to the Heads in the Game podcast. On this episode, we say goodbye to tournament favorites France and a host of other formidable nations. We say welcome to the new manager of Tottenham Hotspur, Nuno Esperanto Santo, which I know Chris here uh, will have some thoughts about later, but we've got Chris here and I just introduced him. Chris, how you doing? Doing pretty well, man. Happy, happy to be back. Happy to talk with you guys. It's been a little minute, dude. I'm excited and I'm ready to go. Yeah, it's been too long. And of course, we have Turner uh, about to make his dash across the border to Canada to escape the long arm of Trudeau. Turner, how you doing? I'm doing well. Just packing. Just packing. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Turner and I have actually been on the East Coast. We were able to catch some games in New York, uh, see the Ukrainian fan community up close and personal, which uh, we'll talk about. Uh, when we talk about the England-Ukraine game, but there's an amazing collection of games this weekend. The round of 16 was awesome. We were just talking about it off podcast with some, I think Monday was probably the best day of tournament football in at least you know our lifetimes. I can't think of a day that was better. Maybe the best day of football period. It had all the drama, all the excitement, amazing goals, last minute heroics, uh, Adrian Rabio's mom heckling Mbappe's mom in the stands. It really had it all. It was a very French, it ended on a very French flair, but the winners of those games play tomorrow morning. Uh, Spain beat Croatia in extra time, 5-3, after Croatia came back from a 3-1 deficit in the last 10 minutes. And then Switzerland came back from a 3-1 deficit against France uh, to... And then one in a penalty shootout after Kylian Mbappe missed. Uh, so we've got Switzerland, uh, Spain in the morning. Turner, I'll start with you. You know, we've watched a lot of football this uh, summer. Um, and can you really like put into words what, what you're feeling about that, those games? You know, first you have the amazing Croatia comeback and then France, what the fuck? Um, ah. I don't know. I, I wasn't. I'm not on this France hype train. So I was. I was. I was kind of. Uh, I, I don't want to see Mbappe lose. I, of all the of all the the French national team players, I, I like Mbappe. But uh, <laughs> I just wish I could be more excited about Jaka. Uh, that's kind of like the, the the kind of the the worst part of the whole story. Well, no, it's it's just super classic that. Um, like our one of our own, well, I think there's only we have two players left in the tournament, and one of them's probably not even going to be one of our players for much longer. But um, had a stellar match, uh, and yeah, I mean, just a crazy game. Uh, it really shows uh, that. I mean, like Switzerland, really just you you're just crossing and and headers. Like, mm. It's a, it's effective. Um, I don't know how tall is it, Seferovic is, but uh, a big the dude, that's the a big lad. Jump. That's a big lad. Jump. And, and, you know, uh, Langley had no idea where that guy was. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it's fun to just see one of the, the Titans crumble. Um, and I don't think anyone expected France to be one of the first ones out, even though a lot of the quote-unquote big, big teams have, have shown that they're, uh, they have some frailties. So that game was crazy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Spain, Croatia was just – Similar, where, where I mean, but but how, I don't know. I the, the, the Spain Croatia game just made no sense because it was like it was like crazy that Croatia got back in the game, but then you just expected Croatia to, to find a way to win it. Uh, and but then like, like who expected Morata to hit, to hit that like volley so cleanly? I was, <laughs> like, that's what I was gonna that? ask you. That's what I was gonna <laughs> ask is like, are you believing the Morata hype, dude? Because I'm still like, I've seen that no. dude do so much BS. Who would like, ever believe the Murata hype? Like, that's my real question. Like, that man, <laughs> that man, I think, is the him. I, I mean, Chelsea have had a long history of strikers who somehow find a way not to score, but I think Murata is one of the funniest. That man is all like offside in ways you can't imagine, will miss a sitter. It's incredible. But, Chris, you know, I know you were watching those games. Uh, like, how are you feeling after that day? You know, I was personally tired after you just like looking at the results. It was, you know, quite a afternoon. Yeah. Were you on yeah, the France hype train or did you fall off I it mean, pretty quick? I think I, I was certainly hoping that they would pull through. I, I think with France, it's just weird. I'm not going to say a misuse of players, 
but it's almost like when you see Pogba hitting screamers mm. and everybody, it's just like, I, I guess I came into it a little too flashy and not really focused on handling business, but more so everybody, you know, looking for like the star moment. Mbappe was missing sitters like all day. There was a number of chances. I want to say at least three that he had clear, you know, shots on goal, clear chances that he kind of just missed, you know, excluding the pen in the end. So he was having an off day throughout the entirety. So I, mean, I think he's probably having an off tournament, you know, like he scored yeah, to be fair. Tournament, and if you're France, you need that him to show up. Yes, yeah. but I, that, I completely agree. That Germany but game, the Germany game, like he had two ridiculous goals true. that were outside. Like that yeah. second one, we were that Chaz and I were watching. It was like, oh my, he like threw it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that it's still ridiculous how, how you watch him and he still looks like a, another class above everybody. Yeah. Though, just in terms of like pace strength ball skills like typically finishing as well but it, it's like it's still unbelievable how talented that kid is like absolutely insane but yeah i know watching that game i definitely wouldn't have expected them to uh to drop so so early also thought it was super hilarious seeing sissoko getting subbed on in the clutch when i saw that i already knew at what time it was like i don't know why you sub him on i i think literally the only thing he did was receive the ball and Pogba would be on to the left of him, like in a little pocket, and he would just pass the ball back to Pogba. The man didn't mm. do anything, didn't advance the ball. So they were dead on the right side with him playing out there. So uh, maybe a few mistakes that I personally wouldn't have done. But overall, I think they have enough stars on that team where they should have kind of kept it through, you mm-hmm. know. But, you know, yeah. stuff happens in soccer. So mm-hmm. I think real questions have to be asked of Didier Deschamps because I think a lot of what people were talking about was the switch to a back three uh, and playing, you know, Andre Rabio at left wing back. And, and he was nervous about fullbacks, but as you were saying, Chris, when you've got a team with the quality of France, you have to let that quality shine. And so trying to like make those tactical adjustments to counter a much weaker Swiss team, I feel like sort of minimize the great potential. And I do got to say, I am extremely sad to see Paul Pogba stop playing this tournament is that man hit a level that was frankly unbelievable. Like just watching him dictate play, spray the ball out wide, his goal. Every pass, every pass, I I mean, was like unbelievable. Just laying <laughs> it there. Yeah. Turner, Turner doing, the yeah. <laughs> Not great for the audio format of a podcast, but I think Turner just did attack vividly Pogba celebration. Uh, Turner, yeah. did anyone else uh, shine out for you from that game? I know we talked about the center back, uh, you know, Sefrovic uh, dominating over the center backs, which I think will be very interesting against Spain because Spain have two left footed center backs you know, in Pau Torres and Amaric Laporte who aren't fantastic ball winners. I think, you know, yeah. them are, you know, the archetypal big lad center back. You sort of yeah. wish that they had a half fit Sergio Ramos in there, you know, like, he, not called up this summer so somewhat controversially uh, someone who can win that ball and play tough you, th- you think Swi- switzerland can have some opportunities against spain or do you think sort of spain yeah spain as as a uh, as also a fan of a team that doesn't have a right back i've been looking at um just the right backs in this tournament i think mbabu's had a good tournament he had a great ball i think he had he definitely had an assist in france but i forget which goal it was uh and then there's, I mean, they're out, but uh, Dumfries as well is really impressed. Uh, but Mbappu, I think, is, is someone he's cold. Is, Dumfries uh, is cold. Yeah, man. Dumfries is really good. I don't know how he stays at PSV this summer after the tournament he's had. Um, I think Akanji is always raised question marks because he always had like the profile of a really uh, impressive center back at Dortmund, six two, uh, and and seems pretty dominant. But then like. Uh, some of those Dortmund center backs are just kind of all over the place. Like you, you can watch a game and Zagadu, uh, who also there's a lot of hype around, also looks awful. So, uh, some of those like Bundesliga center backs have I've been kind of um, hesitant to fully sing their praises. But uh, Kanji looked good in that game, which again, of all games, to impress. I mean, again, he looked good, but then they also conceded three goals. So it's kind of like you know, <laughs> is it, I, 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 who, who knows what uh, what what will happen against Spain? But um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I I just like that uh, the little the comebacks uh, kind of proved that you know anything's possible. Hopefully for Ukraine England, because um, mm-hmm. I think Ukraine will be looking for very similar tactics uh, to Switzerland in terms of getting balls in the box. Uh, 
and you know capitalizing on their few chances so mm. uh well, that's that's yeah fun to look forward to another team with a you know very strong target man uh up front is belgium belgium uh saw off holders portugal one nil and i you know honestly i felt a game that was pretty disappointing just on like the excitement level it wasn't a fantastic game uh both teams looked really shaky belgium looked very weird after they scored you know it was just total chaos in the second half uh, and they play Italy, who beat Austria in another not great performance by um, Italy in comparison to their dominance in their group. Uh, Belgium, with definitely without Eden Hazard, probably without Kevin De Bruyne, which are two huge losses. Uh, Turner, you said that this was your basically your final of the tournament. You think the winner of this will win the entire tournament? Yeah, Belgium, Italy. Yeah, I, well, I don't know if they'll win the entire thing, but they'll definitely be. It'll definitely go to the final. Um, Italy's been like the team that uh, have impressed the most. I think Belgium ha- impressed somewhat during the group stages, but again, yeah, not a super convincing win. I mean, to rely on Thorgan Hazard to score that to like see you through, I think is not that it, not that Portugal's a bad side, but um, still, I, I didn't fully watch that game, but. Uh, I'm kind of glad I didn't seem like because it didn't seem like it lived up to any of the, yeah, the the hype that was built around it. Um, but I think yeah, Belgian squad is just too advanced. I mean, again, these there's two big misses uh, for the next game. But I think I think he, isn't working Martinez saying they're going to be back if they go to the next round if they go mm-hmm. to the semis slash the final. I think yeah, Jess, that's what I've been hearing. Um, yeah, so and- it's like lack, it's lack of match fitness, right? That's what they're saying. Well, yeah, Dubois like, had like picked things. up the knock at the end of it. Um, Hazard has a hamstring injury. De Bruyne has an ankle injury. Uh, and but so, Hazard wasn't even starting during the group stages at times. So, like, I feel like... No, yeah, he's definitely having match fitness uh, and then came back. I mean, uh, has really struggled with injuries ever since he moved from Chelsea. Um, but, yeah, Chris, uh, have you been... You, you have a favorite for this game, uh, Belgium, Italy. You, you agree with the Turner's thought that the winner will definitely see off the winner of Spain and Switzerland? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think that, you know, Spain's inconsistencies in scoring the ball will really, you know, just prove very poor uh, for them. And yeah, furthermore, I think, you know, Italy's obviously been looking like one of the best teams and hottest goal scoring team in the tournament. And Belgium, too, without the injuries, that's always a very, very dangerous side. So, I'm thinking that, yeah, it'll probably be Italy I see going through to the final to probably play England. That's probably the matchup that I'm thinking is going to happen. But, you know, I'm definitely excited to see uh, see what happens and kind of who steps up uh, for Belgium as well with the injuries. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, Turner, we've been very impressed by uh, we were talking about earlier. And, Chris, I'm sure you're the same. Uh, Italy have been ultra impressive. I mean, in the group stage, they were unplayable. Like, they – uh, they're definitely lacking a you know total dominant attack. You know they've got Chiro Mobile, they've got Lorenzo Insigne. I would be very surprised if Federico Chiesa does not start after what he did on uh, the right wing uh, against Austria and especially extra time. Uh, it's always been weird to me that he's not starting. And then of course you know in midfield they've got Marco Verratti's back after missing uh, the first match, uh, actually first two matches. Uh, alongside the greatest player in the world, Jorginho. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'm really excited to see this game. I think this is the game of the round of eight uh, and the quarterfinal stage. And it, it's really going to be a fun watch. Any, anything else about Belgium, Italy? You guys got score predictions for this one? This is the one I'm most interested in score predictions for. Let's hear it for you, from you first, Chess. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Italy. I, you know, I, I struggle to see... A Belgium without, I mean, Bel- Kevin De Bruyne has created 36% of Belgium's big chances. Missing him means that, you know, the creative brunt is going to be really, you know, ball carrying midfielders like Yuri Tielemans and then wingbacks like uh, Thorgan Hazard, who scored that amazing goal, but is not a wingback. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they play. I think players like Dries Mertens have to step up. And I think this is the worst possible matchup for Lukaku, really. You know, it's you're playing against big bruising center backs that aren't bad in the air at all. And so he's really going to have to get into the channels and get a lot more service than he got against Portugal, because again and again, against Portugal, he was throwing his hands up, you know, like, where's my ball, which was a funny parallel. Cause I think Ronaldo was definitely doing the same thing in yeah. typical Ronaldo fashion, but Chris, you got a score prediction. 
Yeah, I was going to say 2-1. I could see uh, Big Rom maybe knocking one, but uh, ultimately, yeah, I see two bags for the Italians as well. Mm. And Turner. Uh, I'll shake it up a little bit. I'll go 1-1, one, one, then penalties. Penalties. Uh, Bel- Belgium wins. Ah, okay. For I will pay you thirty-five dollars. I don't know why I picked thirty-five as the amount, but if you get it right, who scores? Is it a winning penalty or a winning save? Jeez, I don't think there's ever been money on the line. I feel like we don't even pay up for fantasy Premier League. Now we're paying. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I'm trying to get the stakes. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, wait, you want me to call the winning penalty for Belgium? It, is it a winning? Well, first, is it is it a, oh, is it a, a save penalty win or? or a winning save? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll back Tebow more than I back uh, the others. I'll, I'll say All right. winning save. If Tebow saves a penalty to win. Turner's getting the big bucks. Doesn't have to edit for a month. I don't know. Something like that. Not out wake for the money. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) I also got got another one. Um, In the Spain-Swiss game, who scores first? uh, Mbolo or Marata? Oh, okay. I forgot to talk about. I love Mbolo, man. I think this guy's so much fun to watch. Like, you know, dropping deep. Um, I I wish uh, I could see him score, bro. The dude's like. Always True. like doing doing some stuff, just muscling somebody. But like, I want to see him score goals, man. Because I agree, mm. he has hella hella potential. Mm. I I'll go and bolt. Mm, I'm gonna go. Nah, he ain't scoring. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, gonna go scoring. I'm gonna go I think I think Murata can score. You know, I've been really impressed by players like Sarabia for Spain. Um, I think Danny Olmo made a huge impact in their game. So I think you know that's gonna be fun. Danny Olmo, of course, you know, played in Croatia, so. He knew what he was up against. Um, I, I, I will say, people have been saying Mbolo is an exciting prospect for like 10 years now. Yeah, I remember like uh, FIFA 15 or something. When he was on the FC Basel. Yeah. Was like, oh, man. my God. He he's going to tear, he's gonna t- what, tear the Bundesliga. I don't even know where he went after Basel. Yeah, he went to where, Schalke. Where did he play? He plays for Schalke? Mushing, no, he plays for Mushing Gladbach now. Yeah, he's only 24. Only 24. Yeah, but when he was like, he played like, he played for Switzerland, Switzerland did not have a striker when he was like 18 or something. So it's been yeah. like six years of that conversation. I, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been too impressed. Yeah, he's only scored six goals in 47 appearances for Switzerland over his career. Uh, not a fantastic returner, but certainly a very exciting player to watch. Uh, moving on to Saturday's games, um, a result of a huge upset, Czech Republic um, playing after uh, beating the Netherlands. I wrote a piece for the site uh, about how the Netherlands were proving their doubters wrong. And Frank DeBoer finally figured out his tactics, which aged absolutely terribly. I think, you know, he's no longer manager uh, after they lost and a really terrible performance. I think someone pointed out that Jorginho Wijnaldum completed, I think it was nine passes in 90 minutes. Uh, after being their you know, foremost creative outlet. And uh, Czech Republic just man-marked him. They just put a guy on him. And, you know, and definitely like JV soccer strategy book. Uh, and it worked. So uh, they will be up against the story of the tournament, Denmark, who you would have to be, you know, one of the world's worst people to be rooting against, I think, at this stage after what happened with Christian Eriksen. Uh, Chris, Denmark or uh, Czech Republic, and you think that the Netherlands could have made a final run if they were still in it? Yeah, I don't know. The Netherlands have just always been a team that's super, super, you know, they look pleasing, especially with Van Dijk healthy, you know, the defense, midfield, a couple decent attackers as well. They look nice on paper, but it's always been one of those squads for me that just seemingly, like, never truly turns up. Almost uh-huh. like a – I'm not even going to say it, but I think we know a team that also looks good on paper and chooses not to show up frequently. So, slight reminder. There's like 10 there. teams we could, we could say for that. Who, 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 who are you subtweeting? I am subtweeting. Self, right? 
No, I'm sub two in Arsenal. Oh, obviously, I'm oh, sub. No, okay. I'm obviously yeah. sub. Come on, obviously Chaz. Sub you knew he was doing that. He wasn't sub two Spurs. I know, but I'm like, any team that starts El Nani doesn't really look like it on paper, does it? No, no, no. I'm just conning. Charles, I was talking oh, with about El Nani. You don't need that chat. In this, I was talking, in this I was talking about Spurs, man. Charles is right. Arsenal doesn't even have enough solid options on paper, bro. Like, Sokka is the best option on uh, paper. Chaz, but, Chaz well, made this man switch up on his point midway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, my, bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. We'll get back to Euros. We'll get back to Euros. Oh, I, I, I don't know, man. I could see. If between, so we're talking about the Czech matchup or which matchup specifically? Well, I mean, it's like the Czech, Czech Republic against Denmark. You know, I'm really excited for this game. I think both teams press pretty highly and Denmark has looked super impressive. Uh, I thought, you know, they looked, they, I've been super, I've been super surprised. I've been super surprised with like their goals too, like the fact that they've been scoring. Um, it's been super interesting to see Hoiberg also like being a real leader for that team, mm-hmm. um, being a captain, kind of fulfilling that role as well. So, you know, it's it, all prayers up to Erickson, and you know, I hope he's feeling better and doing well. Um, I'm also very curious what this team, if they're you know, as they continue to progress, I'm very interested what this team will look like with his play. Um, within the squad as well. Um, I think that would be super interesting to look at. But, yeah, nonetheless, I probably see Denmark going through, personally. Denmark have also scored some of the best goals in the tournament, just, you know, lining ones up from outside of the box, uh, completing a lot of, like, really great dribbles. Turner, uh, anything you're excited about in this matchup from the Danes or the Czechs? Real quick, if Akinfeev was still in goal for Russia, you would have saved Christensen's shot. Just, just so that we put that in there for Chaz. Uh, I know Chelsea fanboys were going crazy after that goal, even though I was hyped too. Uh, it was a pretty hyped goal. It was a hyped goal. I'm just saying it, was, it. People are acting as if it was like pinpointed to the top left corner. It was more. I'll give the 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 culture on the goal deserves more credit than the actual placement. But uh, given the circumstances, I don't know. I, I feel like this is one of those games where like. Where like everyone's rooting for Denmark and then Czech Republic just get like two crosses from Sufal and just ruin everyone's dreams. Cause but I will say that like that 4-0 win against Wales was like nothing but impressive. Wales are a good side. Um and to be able to defend Bale and Ramsey and not many weapons, but we're talking about weapons that are are pretty uh tried and trusted. I I think that makes them uh legitimate contenders uh to maybe maybe even upset England potentially or uh, Ukraine uh, in the semis. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I, I, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll say 2-1 Denmark, but but I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Czech Republic show up because this is a matchup that they could definitely win. Mm. Yeah. This what are you saying, Charles? Give us your prediction. I, I, I can't root against the Danes right now. I think they're playing very well. I think they've figured out defensively. They look pretty good and um, – you know, they're really creating a bunch. Um, you know, Braithwaite is a very funny player, but uh, they seem to have clicked. And, of course, you know, they're playing for everything. Like, they've been – they had the luxury of playing in Copenhagen for the first few matches. Uh, what happened with Christian Eriksen was horrific, but I think has, you know, really made the team come together in a way that no other team is. And in an international tournament, like, you really just have to be on top of it for, you know, seven yeah. games you've won the title. So – I think, you know, when the team gels like that, it's really tough to pick against them. Uh, and but I'm really excited for this one. I, you know, I'm excited for all of these games. I love the Euros. It's been a great summer, especially with fans back, with, you know, across the continent. It's been really great to see. Um, and, yeah, Turner, you want to move on to the matchup you want to talk about? Well, I think everyone wants to talk about it, despite our allegiances to one side for for arguably no reason. Um, I think the, the, <laughs> The England game was pretty special. Uh, I, 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 I think everyone had their doubts. Uh, Germany are a really good side, and I don't think anyone has ushered a word, even during the group stages, despite England conceding not a single goal. Everyone was still saying Southgate's kind of a clown uh, and his decisions deserve to be critiqued. So I just thought, like, I don't like Southgate, but damn, like, what a statement, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, against that German side and to, to not like, I don't know if Southgate deserves all the credit because, you know, Muller definitely should have scored that goal. And if it's one, one at that point, I don't see how, I, I think it's a completely different game, but 
it didn't, he didn't score. Uh, and neither did Havertz or Warner, those two other chances. So, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, look, like maybe he probably shouldn't have started Sokka. Uh, I mean, of course, I was excited about that. Sokka didn't have a great game. But um, I think he's just got so much talent that, uh, and, and clearly this side of the group is, is anything but uh, scary. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that was like a lot of de- double negatives. I, I meant to say England have a very good chance of, 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 of going far. So, um, yeah, I mean, from that side, that's really exciting. And on the other side, uh, somehow out of the group that Ukraine had and how much of an awful group stages they had, um, you know, they got by far the better draw than Austria, who they were, you know, that, yeah. that game against them was seen as like the, uh, you know, Ukraine chance to go through, and they somehow did off of just pure luck, um, well, pretty much off of Spain slash smashing Slovakia. Um, so, yeah, that was a crazy game. I think Spain's or Ukraine-Sweden was one that Ukraine could have won, but I, I will say it, Ukraine was looking – well, in the beginning, they looked really good, and then that that – deflection goal was pretty tough I think right before halftime and then the second half was just kind of a poor half even though Sweden always looked a little bit more dangerous um and I think that red card which was a disgusting challenge I hope Bessadine recovered quickly I think he's gonna be out for like a year I don't know if anyone saw that he was like pretty yeah, bad it's like ligament damage right um, yeah yeah uh but uh I I will say like <laughs> after that red card happened I was like all right now like I was like pretty set on penalties because it was like at least now Sweden won't score, but like Ukraine, like Ukraine scoring is also not a given. So yeah, it, it really looked like, like it was going to pens. Yeah, it just really looked like that. Like Ukraine were just gonna have more possession, but the quality wouldn't be there. Uh, and Zinchenko, after having a pretty awful tournament, really showed up when it mattered. And I thought, I mean, what a call from Sheva to go five at the back and play uh, Zina at left back instead of. CDM, you could tell he was much more a part of the attack and, and it felt much more natural for him to be out there instead of, you know, trying to like be in, play in front of the center backs. Um, but yeah, a couple of great performances by Matvienko and a few others. And, and uh, I mean, again, Sweden weren't, I mean, Sweden, I, I mean, look, Sweden, Sweden looked dangerous. So I think you have to give Ukraine some credit. And I don't think it'll be an easy game for England, but I mean, looking at it, I think, yeah, it'll take like a, 30-yard Yarmolenko goal and maybe uh, uh, maybe another Dovbuk uh, header to see Ukraine get passing. But I, I, I don't know. Anything can happen. So I'm just excited for that game because I honestly – I think I'd maybe want Ukraine to progress because I think that would be so crazy. But uh, either way, I'm, I'm excited about who the winner and, and their – their ambition for the rest of the tournament so yeah speaking uh, about the, yeah speaking about the uh sweden ukraine game i was i think i've been very impressed by emil forsberg the entire tournament uh the goal that i mean the shot that hit the crossbar after he slalomed through oh yeah sweden had a team. oh my god like you know i think they had forsberg hit post woodwork two or i think twice definitely yeah maybe even a third time that was really close uh Chris, I, you know, what do you think of the last-minute heroics uh, by Ukraine? You know, I know we, we can break down Germany, England uh, pretty extensively in a second, but uh, we Turner and I have watched all of Ukraine. You know this, and we were we were pretty dismayed by some of the performances. But you know, when it mattered, they scored. Yeah, I know definitely. Um, I thought that was a super. I mean, all so many of the games have been super exciting, but it, for it to end like that, I thought the game was destined for penalties. Uh, the commentator during the game too was like cursing out both teams for pretty much after uh, the game uh, ending the way it did in the first half to come out the second half for both teams to be looking pretty defensive to kind of try to protect their lead. Definitely something that was uh, looked into, but yeah, I know all the power. I think. I mean, obviously, I, I knew a little bit about Forsberg as a player beforehand, but he, he was really showing his, his talent throughout the entirety of the tournament. So definitely keeping more of an eye on him as well, um, resulting from that game. But, yeah, you know, I think that's kind of, you know, when we talk about what we want as fans, as neutrals, um, I think games like that are exactly what we're looking for. I will say Isak didn't have a great game no. after all the hype he had during the tournament. Yeah, for real. But, but Sociedad just bought confirmed his, uh, I think, a contract extension and paid his release clause to Dortmund. So he's going to be, if any team goes for him, he's going to be a sh- 
ton of money. So uh, yeah, I thought he was. I just was a little confused by just his you know placement. I know I, the commentator mentioned it at least once, but it was just dropping so deep into like a Swedish midfield. And I don't think like the midfield creativity was their problem. Like I thought, you know, Forsberg was playing well. They've got a super old fucking team. Like Sweden is just old motherfuckers. Like, you know, Seb Larsson is, I like remember him scoring for like Sunderland a decade ago. Um, and guys out there who like are very old and like not that fast. And it's like, why are you not playing on like the last man? You know, Ukraine is, you know, fairly solid defensive team but definitely have some vulnerabilities especially in a new three-back system so i was you know a bit surprised by him not playing more of the field and i just don't think he was that good dropping deep and you know spraying the ball out wide i just don't think that's where he plays of course they are playing england who beat germany at wembley which ah, i mean if there's a game i wish i was at at the tournament uh denmark russia in Copenhagen, and then this one. As a, this one was an incredible match. Uh, and attorney, you talked about it earlier. Germany looking not great, but England getting the job done. Uh, Chris, what do you think of the criticisms of you know England over the tournament? You know, I think Southgate, it, it, the English press are always like this. But you know, where is Sancho? Where is Grealish? I mean, Sancho is a weird one. Like I don't get me wrong. Uh, and we'll talk about where he's going in a little bit, but. What do you think of like the way England played? And do you think that they've got what it takes to you know, keep playing and like possibly win this tournament you know, for their first major title in 55 years? Yeah, in terms of winning the tournament, I mean, I think that's a very, very tough question to answer. I do think for sure that they will make – well, I mean, I do think for sure. I do think that they have a really good chance at making the final, possibly, you know, one of the best, if not the best chance uh, in the tournament now. Um, in terms of Southgate, I agree. This was definitely a statement win for him, but there's still many question marks. I mean, I think you saw the fans' reaction when I think they would show camera like angles of Grealish on the widescreen at the stadium. The fans would be ecstatic and cheering and screaming. Mm. Um, there's definitely a few players that he left on the bench. His lineup, his lineup for the last match was Germany. There, I was scratching my head uh, for quite a bit of it, but I mean, I guess to each their own. He obviously knows more about the players than I do, set them up the specific way that he thought would see fit. Uh, but yeah, my, I definitely would have been starting Grealish. Probably would have been starting, I, I don't know. I don't know about starting Sancho, but definitely would have had him in the mix as well. But I mean, ultimately they came out with the win. So I think that's the most important thing. Um, I also want to say, put some respect on Sterling's name. Uh, I feel like he gets a lot, a lot of shit for England and has been doing nothing but bagging goals for them and kind of putting the team on his back. So big shout out to him too. And last thing I'll say, I don't, I mean, I'm sure you guys are watching the game, but at one point, uh, obviously the TV footage is the footage you're playing on the big screen in the stadium as well. And at the uh, end of the game, I mean, obviously the English fans were super rowdy throughout the entire of the game, but they showed this little girl, a uh, German fan, and she was like crying, tearing up, because uh, it was like in the 89th, 90th minute, the game was wrapping up. And like all of the England fans, would just start screaming, like jeering, just yeah, going wild. And I was like crying, laughing, but I was also like, man, poor, poor girl, but. Yeah, I, don't know I saw you guys some saw pretty nasty. I saw some pretty nasty Twitter stuff too. Like a guy who was like, "I bet you her grandfather wasn't crying when he like put people like on like in trains for the Holocaust." I was like, "Jesus Christ!" Like, yeah. Oh. You know, so they Google, were going. They yeah, took them in a mile. I mean, you compare that to to what the TV camera dudes were doing. I mean, I, I just got flashbacks to Brazil when I saw there was forty five minutes of just Brazilian girls. On when Germans were up eight zero, so I didn't feel too bad. It sucked as a little girl, but uh, I yeah, thought I, it was just a lot hope. of a lot of the German fans. Like I was reading some German fans' opinions, and they were like, "Yeah, like the Twitter stuff's too far, but the cheering in the stadium." He was like, "Yeah, I was at uh, I was in Belo Horizonte when um, Germany beat Brazil seven one, and anytime they showed like some like crying old man or some just like child like losing it, I was." cheering like we'd scored a goal <laughs> so i can't really it's the funniest thing it is um, so funny to me yeah but yeah it Super was a you know i think it's a as you said uh turner it's a real statement win by england uh i think there were a lot of questions being asked about go to southgate uh germany 
wow, this, you know, this is Joaquin Lowe's last tournament. He's not, he doesn't have the same aura around him that he had in 2014 when they won the World Cup or 2015 when they won the Confederate or 2017 when they won the Confederations Cup. It's not the same, but at the same time, it's still Germany. There's still a tremendous amount of talent there. I thought the Mueller miss was especially brutal at the end. Like, I, you know, he's definitely a guy who you'd expect to score that every single time. So to see him miss that was um, pretty much of a shock. Uh, Turner, would you, uh, would you, Turner or Chris, either one of you can answer that. Stick with the same starting 11 for the next match against Ukraine? You, or you think Sancho, I mean, not Sancho, you think Saka uh, will drop out in favor of um, Mount? Grealish, um, Foden, any? I would just say what I was wondering about with the German game is, and, and it is a reason to sub Saka on instead of having him start, uh, is if you need a goal, I think what you can do with Saka, which is kind of fun, is that if he's starting, you can then take off Shaw and play Saka at left wing back um, or, or in that role, uh, which just adds another attacker. So you can put on Grealish, Foden, yada, yada, yada for right wing. And then keep Sock on the pitch. Um, not that Shaw doesn't. Shaw got that assist for Sterling, so he's not. Uh, you know, he's he's still he still has attacking uh, power, but you know, just to keep another attacker on the field. So maybe I'd, I'd take Sock off. Um, I don't know. He played great against uh, Czech Republic, but he. I mean, I mean to be fair, like in terms of the time, like he he wasn't on for any of the goals, and I don't think anyone was too great during the first sixty minutes for England. But. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to be an Arsenal fanboy here. I think, yeah, take off Saka, maybe put on Foden. It also depends whether he goes four at the back because that changes everything. So, um, But I think it probably looks like Saka is now shooing to just play in all these games, which is kind of fun. Like, no matter what, I think he's earned a spot as a sub or just at least on the hierarchy of that bench, which is a ridiculous bench. He's clearly in Southgate's eyes uh, a, a valuable player. So, uh, yeah, Sterling's pretty much undroppable. Uh, I'd say almost the entire. I mean, who's who's droppable on that bet on that team? I don't know. I'd say Saka is the only one, and that's you know, again coming from Arsenal fan. So, uh, what do you think, Chris? Definitely, definitely similar thought. Um, I probably would have looked at playing a little bit more offensive uh, than he did when he set up versus Germany. Uh, but yeah, just a ridiculous amount of talent. I think my only concern would really just be the the formation, um, but you know, there's a there's a multitude of different people he could really plug in those different positions. So talent really isn't an issue, in my eyes. Mm. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting thing. I you know I think they are obviously odds on favorites for this match, uh, but anything can happen in this year. I was like one thing I've learned is you know my fantasy team can attest. I don't have no idea what the fuck's going to happen next. Like this has just been absolute craziness and really excited for it to continue in uh, tomorrow and Saturday. Uh, anyone last thoughts about the Euros before we move on to some English domestic matters and transfer news? Slava Ukraine. Ah, there we go. Glory to the heroes. Uh, Chris, you good? Well, because I'm, I'm going to start with you, Chris, because, you know, the big news out of the Tottenham camp after a managerial search of months that had, you know, names like Fonseca floated, Gattuso, you know, there was a random weird rumors. I'm pretty sure Frankie Lampard was the best call, but didn't make the What? Job. When did they have Frankie Lampard connections, bro? According to me, these, these are my... Okay, connections. all right. Yeah, that's a chat. That's a, that's a oh, chat.com. That's I was gonna say, man. That's funny. Um, but yeah, where but do I stand? You know, Esperanto Santo. How do we feel? It, I was saying, I think it's a little weird. You go for a another defensive-minded Portuguese manager because the last one worked out so well. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're all wrapped up into this wolves Portuguese weird mob ties. I think we're all starting to get wrapped up into that scene <laughs> a little bit. Um, I think we all know the manager search over the past, you know, month and some changes been an absolute joke, uh, linked with a multitude of different people. I, it's been funny because people have joked that, you know, they were only talking to Pochettino and Conte for 
you know, season ticket holders. And so people would continue to buy those tickets. And I got to say, it honestly seems a little true. I mean, right after the deadline to purchase the tickets, it's, it goes announced that, all right, clearly we're not in for Pochettino, clearly we're not in for Conte. You know, anybody's really going to be making us true competitors next year. Um, I guess I'll say that it could have ultimately been worse, I guess, but I don't know. I, I'm at such a low, like, point, I guess, for Spurs and what I expect and, you know, just how I know the seasons will go regardless of who's manager until you ship out a lot of the dead wood that's been plaguing the team as well. So, you know, it, it's right now I'm still in this in the loop, Charles. Nothing's out of the ordinary or out of the new for me, dude. Like, we'll see. I think it's – the manager is obviously huge, but – I mean, it starts with the players as well. And there's just a few players that just are not winners within that team. So that's kind of where I stand. I, I will say, I think I think Nuno's not – it could be a lot worse. I, I, when yeah. you guys were going for the Roma coach, I was like, oh, geez. Yeah, like, oh, my swap. lord. Like, and especially oh. because of how bad Roma's been. And not that Wolves have been anything special. I mean, they, they, they've had a bad season. But I think Nuno's, Nuno's tried and tested. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, and that was a and, I, and I and I don't feel. Yeah. I think the the bummer about it is it just doesn't seem like a long term option. Like all these all these Spurs jobs seem like, like geez, like there's nothing available right now. We need two years of solid, or like I mean, two years is now even like a crazy talk. Well, I, well, I guess it's only the one, uh, coach since uh Poch. But um, anyway, I don't know. I mean, I like look like compared to Arteta, he has, he has more on he has more prem experience than Arteta and and a lot of other. Uh, I mean, what Patrick Vieira just got a job for Palace? Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're like clearly like I'm just saying, I don't know. I, like, I'm sure it's shocking, but coming from a, a a supporter of a team that I don't really mess with my manager either, um, I think at least it's someone who's who's been around the Prem, um, and I think he he's done some pretty great things for Wolves, uh, and I think he can he can he can, I I wouldn't be surprised if it worked out. That's all I'll say. Like, because the odds of that he's gonna like. Spurs are going to be a nightmare. Who even knows, dude? I think I think they'll keep Kane. I, I I'd, I'd bet my money on keeping Kane at the moment, than possibly not. I know City are knocking on the door, but I don't think Levy's really messing with Jesus uh, too much. And that seems like the player that he'll add to the hundred million or whatever. I heard it was like the possibility. I don't know. I remember somewhere it was maybe a potential of like players as well, like plural but like yeah I, I don't it's just it's super crazy i agree i don't know obviously uh jay-z's just somebody they've been looking at offering i heard somewhere maybe like the potential of like foden or something but i doubt they ever let no way they'd give no yeah. way you'd have yeah, to literally buy you'd have to buy dubai you'd have to like you know go <laughs> out and like single-handedly no it would be a straight or... swap that'd be a straight swap maybe <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I mean, I don't know what I think about that, I, but I think you're just dealing with like the price tag of like young players versus like experience, right? So it's kind of almost weighs itself out. I don't know. I just, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it would be a classic Spurs thing where like they, they don't look great. But I mean, if you guys get a Kunde, I, this Japanese dude that you guys are after, I don't know much about. I know he had a nice FIFA card at some point, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think if you guys get a Kunde, and you guys always spend money, so I doubt. Like, I think hey, guys, what? I don't know about all that, spend... bro. All right, all right, Chris. Deny, deny, deny. We, we, we've been we've been better than Arsenal because Arsenal have been shambolic. But like, <laughs> bruh, come on now. Like, we have a lot of jokesters. I'm in not our saying team. hundreds of millions, but I'm saying you, you. I think you'll spend a hundred million this this summer, and I think a Kunde and, on who. Uh, Turner, I got. I will bet money that we don't spend no hundred million dollars in the transfer window this summer. You're telling me? Are you if, kidding if, me, bro? Okay, well, if you okay, I'll say this: if you don't get rid of Kane, uh, then sure, sure. But if you get rid of Kane, there's no way you're not gonna spend at least bro, what you Levy got for pocket him. that. Bro, Levy will pocket that. I promise Pat, you, bro. That, that is, he will pocket I, that I, money, I, and we will start I, Sissoko, Lucas, and fucking Lamella, <laughs> and everybody, all the rest of the jokesters for like the rest of eternity, bro. I promise Chris, you. The way I COVID that, hit, 
yeah. If I win that 35, if I win that 35 from Chaz, it's going straight to you if Spurs don't spend <laughs> everything they made from Kane this offseason. Okay? Facts, you heard it here. Bro. Facts, Chaz, back bro. Me Levy Chaz, is keeping that me money, up. dude. No, nah, I mean, look, I think we should. I think the question is not whether they spend the money or whether they spend it well. You know, it, we look at Gareth Bale. When they sold Gareth Bale and then they spent all that money on, like, fucking oh, Roberto God. Soldado and shit like that. So, I, I think they spend money. I think they might keep a little bit just because they, you know, they spent so much money over the last years with a new stadium project. And um, COVID. It's they're not going to go net negative. Chris is talking about a net negative. That no, would I'm mean- not saying that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. No. Saying, I, on, I, I think they'll definitely bring in players. Um, and, yeah, I mean – uh, I think we have to then talk about the biggest transfer news of the month, week, summer. Uh, Jaden Sanchez apparently confirmed, well, I mean, he is confirmed, to uh, Manchester United. Bolsters up their right wing, uh, right wing side. Finally, I mean, I mean, I remember last summer it was the endless story that would never go away, and then we've got confirmation now. Uh, Turner, does Sancho, can Sancho do it in the Prem? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I'm already scared about that Man U attack, so just kind of like it, it makes it more scary, sure. But the man can get into the Southgate team, dude. Then are we like, like I mean, Southgate. Whatever. I'm not gonna make that argument because that just come back to bite me. But um, uh, I don't know. I, like, I'm just glad they spent a lot of money on him. That was just the only fear was that maybe they had him play in the Euros. I mean, he had a great season still, but they get him for like. 65, 70, but I'm just glad they got that Dortmund got the peas from uh, that 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 uh, that swap. But I mean, what about you, Chaz? What do you? I mean, like, what? What? Do, I don't know what I can say because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, of course it's scary, but like, I guess, like, I guess, like, he's just gonna be feeding to Cavani, I guess, because I'm still not scared of Martial, and their striking options are just kind of like. He's not a he's not a finisher, Sancho. Hey, I'd say. No. He has a lot of Turner, goals. Turner what? Charles is all like, let me tell you everything about spending like two hundred mil on like <laughs> useless attacking players. Like, I know about, like, hey, there's one thing I know. one thing I know. It's about spending too much on players in the Bundesliga. So, uh, but yeah, no, I think he's really good. I think you know their biggest. I think the biggest effect is a. This means that Juan Basaka doesn't have to be pretend that he's you know an attacking threat and go up the right wing because he's very clearly better when he has an attacker in front of him. You know, I do agree with you. Like, who is he feeding balls to? Definitely a team that still need a striker. Very weird. That I, I find it very weird that, like, you know, in an alternate reality that, like, Lukaku comes to United now and has Sancho feeding him balls, that that would seem like a much better deal. Like, you know, just like uh, because he never really had that. Um, they now obviously have three amazing creators in Bruno Fernandez, Jaden Sancho, and Paul Pogba. Sorry, Bruno Fernandez. Damn. Can I? That's all I got to say is damn. If they can figure out a way to click. That's like, what I'm saying. Geez. But that's what we said last year, and I know they got second, but like, oh. So it's, um, I think United are one of those teams. Uh, I still am not convinced by Ole. I do not think he's at the wheel. Well, and the tournament that Bruno's had, like he hasn't necessarily said like, yeah. what do you think? Fear me next up next year. What do you guys think went wrong with all these? Pre- like, do you think Prem players are just tired? Because like, you know, Kane's been bad, Bruno's been bad, Conte was not very good. Um, no one really hitting those levels. Do you think it's just like the grueling nature of the Premier League season? It's just like you know, after that year. Or do you think there's, you know, something else that, you know, maybe just the pace? Because, I mean, I guess the opposite is Pogba, um, who had an amazing tournament. But um, it's very weird. I totally agree with you guys, like, about, like, there's been stars in the Premier League who do it week in, week out, who just couldn't do anything this tournament. Yeah, I'd say one of the obvious uh, reasons could obviously be attributed to fatigue, for sure. Um, a lot of these dudes have been going consistently uh, – for, for a long time, whether it be, you know, ranging from extensive play to competition, even before COVID, kind of just everything going on through. So I'd say fatigue uh, could definitely be one factor, but maybe, I mean, other, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It could just be possibly because of like the amount of shine and, you know, spotlight that's put on them at their clubs, specific clubs are in the plane in the prim. To where, you know, on an international setting when everybody's together, it's just like those 
those personalities, everybody's meeting up. So shit kind of just dissolves. But yeah, no, I can't really place it. Mm. Turner, you got any thoughts on that? No, uh, like yeah, Ruben Diaz has definitely been a shocking, uh, yeah. like part of that. I mean, and the bar is, yeah. I mean, again, Chris will never do this for my team, but Kane definitely should have won PFA Player of the Year. Uh, that was like one of the biggest snobs I've I've ever seen. I don't I don't know when I don't think I've ever seen a. I think I think last time it was on possibly, uh, who did uh, top assists and top goals in the season, but um, uh. And then, but then for Diaz to have this tournament to then be like, okay, well now Kane's really like should 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 shit on Diaz for why for or for Diaz winning PFA and then Kane. I mean, he got a goal. Who's we'll see. I might eat my words. Hopefully, I eat my words and Kane goes crazy in these next few games. But uh, uh, that must have been good for you, Chris. How crazy were you going when Kane scored? That must have been fun for you, right? It was cool, man. Like I don't know. I oh, wasn't... he's already said it's, he's already said his goodbyes. It's like me watching I, bro, Albanian <laughs> Eagles. I was just like kind of brutal. It was cool, man. It was cool. It was definitely nice to see him score. But uh, Charles, let the record show that if there was any Arsenal player that I you know was worthy of getting such praise, that you know would definitely be given. But you're not going to see me like praising Shaka and <laughs> all these heads, like. Louise for Louise should have won player of the year. Like, no, sir. No, thank you. But I appreciate it, Turner. Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree with that on Kane. I thought, you know, his season was incredible. Uh, Going to be very interesting where he ends up next. Uh, Arsenal transfer news. Um, you know, I think the rumors of Basuma, Locatelli still there. Uh, Turner, I know you were expressing a preference for Basuma, sticking by that. Well, I mean, we, we signed, we got two signs to the door. It's a classic Arsenal move where we got a backup left back for Tierney, who's like this, like, who's like the B tier of like young Portuguese left backs everyone's hyped on. Brent Tavares from Benfica, who as a backup, I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about, uh, or just like, I think it's a good option. And then we also signed, it looks like it's pretty much confirmed that we got. The Belgian center mid Wonder Kid from Anderlecht, but Wonder Kid I think is a little bit of a stretch. So uh, I don't know. I, I as long as these are, it doesn't seem like you know. And then I think Ben White apparently has agreed the fee on, but I'm not too excited about that. No, yeah. Turner, what position? Oh, sorry. I was going to say, what position are you like most looking for? Most looking to improve? We need right. We need a right back. We need a center mid because we're going to get. It looks like we're going to get rid of Jaka, Torreira, and Guendouzi this summer which means from a midfield perspective, we're literally left with part, party, uh, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, and so I think, and, and Elneny. So I think we'll get, uh, I think Lacongo is a good, like kind of like backup center mid option, but still we're, we're paying the exact same price that I think Roma are going to pay for Shaka, which is kind of ridiculous for like a 20 year old, you know, kid from the Belgian league compared to like potentially our captain, and the captain of Switzerland. <laughs> so that just shows you in terms of business what, what we're up to, but that's no surprise. So we've signed two kids, like young players already that look, I mean, as they're young, so I, I'm not too fussed about it. And then the Ben White thing, uh, we just don't need center backs. So I, I hope we sell holding. Um, I think that'd be reasonable if we got 15 million to 20 million for holding. Uh, I would be excited about Ben White. He's, he's good, but he's not, I don't know. It's just like the England tax um, with the English center backs. Yeah, just, I feel like really making that. Like if we got Ben Ben White for like thirty five million, I'd be all for it. I just feel like the fifty. I mean, that's like our second most expensive signing ever, or maybe third. Whatever. Point is, like, it's just a lot of money. Uh, but just not an area that we need players in. So I, yeah, if we got Locatelli or Basuma, I'd be psyched. Um, I'd take either. Tony Chaz. I think Basuma is probably. I like Basuma better. Um, he's played with Pepe and Gabriel before. Uh, and I think he's just prem proven, but just thinking about like giving like 90 million to Brighton just feels like, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and we wanted Lamptey at some point. It was like, there was people, people, people were saying that, and I don't know. And then like this transfer has also been like clouded by like Villa trying to just take the piss by just throwing like bids at Smith Row, which I think is kind of funny. Um, but, uh, it looks like Arsenal's trying to spend money, which I like hasn't been the case in a while. So I can't be too frustrated about it. But 
I'm not going to get excited until the end of the window and see what we've, we've got lined up. But mm. I don't know. I think the big thing for the summer will be how many people we can get out of the window, just like Chris is saying, because it seems like, I mean, Bellerin, Willick, in uh, Katia, I mean, there's like, there's so many players that, that I think we could get, again, not poorly, but um, like, did you, did you see what happened the other day with Marseille and Guendouzi that we value Mar- uh, Guendouzi at 18 million, which is already, in my opinion, a steal. And Marseille are just like, that's a joke. That's so much money. We value him at 10. We value him at 10. Jeez. And we, like, we paid a seven for Guendouzi and that was like a steal. and like wonder kid. I don't know. So just like that shows you all you need to know. Uh, I think it looks like we'll get like 13 for Guendouzi. And then hopefully there's rumors that we'll put a 25% sell on clause so that because like at least they know that this kid's going to do well at Marseille and sold for like 50 million at some point. So whatever, I don't know. It's a total nightmare. So uh, I'd be excited with, if we got, if we got Pesuma, a right back that's comparable uh, and, and what we need a cam, we don't, we don't have a center top mid. We're not going to get Odegaard back. And uh, it looks like I mean, they, uh, Villa got Buendia. So who knows? I, yeah, the whole thing she said. I mean, then there's the rumor, apparently Madison. Two words. Like, two words, Turner. Delhi Ali. Not to you guys <laughs> need. Shocks, dude. We just need a – yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we need. I, I, I can't believe I didn't think about my fellow mustache man. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, well – Chad, fill me in on what Chelsea is saying. I feel like they've been well, awfully quiet, unless yeah, I've just been quiet. not following uh, Chelsea quiet. Twitter. So I think we're trying to do, you know, I think Emerson, Alonzo, Giroud might all be out. Um, we're, you know, the Tammy Abraham question is a real one. Uh, you know, obviously he's not playing enough. I think he's going to find a new club uh, and it could get a hefty sum of change because, I mean, a Premier League proven goal scorer. Even he does have his faults, but he stole that. I know you were talking earlier about the England tax, and Chelsea's experiencing that hugely with uh, Declan Rice, the situation. West Ham want to charge like $100 million for Declan Rice, which is, you know, after watching him in the Euros, just not a very convincing sum. And also, you know, a position that Chelsea could use, but, you know, I think that there's a lot better, uh, you know, I don't know, better options, but cheaper options. Uh, it's just this weird, Chelsea has this very, very strong fascination with Declan Rice, you know, former academy player, um, that was released and then found his way at West Ham where he's obviously flourished. Um, you know, I don't think Holland is going to get signed this summer. I know that's like the also eternal Chelsea rumor that would seem, you know, I feel like in a summer in which Dortmund lose Sancho, they're going to charge so much money for Holland. It just doesn't really seem feasible. Um, and yeah, I'm just, you know, I, I'm interested. I think there are some vulnerabilities. I think, you know, like proven goal scorer is one of them. Defensive midfield is another one. But at the same time, you know, it's going to be dependent on whether Tuchel sticks with the system that won the Champions League or tries to, you know, go to like a more, you know, traditional for him back four. So, uh, and I think, you know, there's obviously a center back, like a center back wouldn't be, that would be pretty nice, you know. Obviously, Rudiger solid, Tiago Silva's old, Christensen solid, Zuma solid, but there's no world beater in there. Um, and while the fullbacks are pretty reliable, you know, they've got Chilwell and Reese James could be the starters for the next decade and no one would complain. There are some vulnerabilities there, but I mean, it's, it's been quiet. So I think I'd expect to see some activity post euros and, you know, every euro summer, that's when it all kicks off. So it'll be really interesting to see. Yeah. Was I real quick? Was I right, Chris, that it's center back? I mean, that's what Romano keeps saying about Spurs, but, uh, uh, other, I mean, what are, I mean, like, are people are like, are Spurs not even fan, like talking about a situation where Kane leaves where they need a striker? Or, I mean, of course, they have to. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> like, it's pretty. I don't know who this, uh, there hasn't really been much talk about people with him, like, not fully gone yet, but I think that's like the obvious, like, million dollar question, you know. First of all, he would even be available, let alone like what to do but yeah that's kind of been in terms of like spurs fans and stuff i just feel like that's really just been unspoken territory thus Mm. far 
Um, and I mean, eventually if we see him in a different uniform, then that's going to be like a real tough and like quick conversation that needs to happen. I'm sure the actual team has been looking at multiple, uh, backups. Who did I see? I think Tehran, maybe one of the names that I saw, um, as like a possible like replacement, but yeah, no, I think that discussion will really come to light, you know, once he's fully dealt, if he's dealt off in the summer. Hmm. I think, you know, it's going to be an interesting rest of summer. And any other transfer gossip that anyone's heard about um, uh, that anyone else wants to speak about? Well, that's going to do it for today's Heads in the Game. We got an excellent slate of uh, Euro games today and tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday and it'll be up. Uh, this evening, uh, as always, you know, follow everyone on Twitter, Instagram, whatever they prefer. Uh, Twitter's will be linked when we post it. Our website is Heads in the Game. Our Twitter is the same. A um, lot of great stuff up there. Um, and we'll be for the rest of the summer about transfers, Euro wrap-ups, and then once the Premier League starts. Uh, fantasy, or we, I guess uh, fantasy football rankings. I think I'm still in first, so that's, you know. Uh, I know yeah. I checked I checked like I think randomly like a week or two ago I saw that second place finish for your boy too so yeah let me let me check okay so yeah um yeah oh no you wait who won the Premier League Mateo dude Mateo, oh, yeah, Mateo out. yeah yeah dude I would see Mateo every week and he would literally be like dude he was like everything else went to shit we had like a few other friends he was like checking it every week not that I respect the man, but that's what I'm saying. We got to get him on the pod, dude. He knows no. more about yeah, no. He knows more about the friend than me. There'll be a special, more special wolf. I guess. Damn, was it American soccer podcast with two wolf fans? That's that's a new record. Um, but yeah, it's uh, gonna be great. Uh, as always, you know, rate us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to our feed on Spotify. Just like you know, listen and try not to like skip around too much. I don't know, uh, but it's been great <laughs> listening. Um, if you made it this far, thank you so much. Turner, Chris, 